Hello and welcome everybody to uh, the season one wrap-up of You Haven't Seen That, the podcast where we watch the films that I missed as a young adult and child. Um, my name is Eric and as always I'm joined by my co-host Chris. How are you going everybody? Um, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, lead us through this because um, obviously I think a lot, the whole reason this podcast sort of exists is your passion for films and... Mm. My passion, but lack of watching them. Yeah, your passion, but lack of experience, yes. should we say. Um, I try really hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we figured what we would do with this show would be uh, to do it in kind of 25 episode block seasons. And um, we're kind of ending up the season with, uh, you know, 24, 24 episodes looking at films or, you know, double features. And we're just going to take this episode to look back on some of the films that we've seen and uh, get Eric's impressions, I guess, before yeah. we... Uh, Dive into our next lot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to stop anytime soon, so... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have watched 24 films, or 25 if you count, you know, Back to the Future 2 and 3. Yeah, double header. Uh, did you want me to run down the list quickly to give a... Probably a recap? very quickly would be good, yeah. So we had uh, started, kicked it off with Top Gun, then E.T., Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Rocky, The Muppet Movie, Die Hard, The NeverEnding Story, Point Break... Closing Cows of the Third Kind, <gasps> Hook, <laughs> The Blues Brothers, National Lampoon's Vacation, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Mulan, Beverly Hills Cop, Weird Science, Friday the 13th, True Lies, Home Alone, Speed, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> The Dark Crystal, Dirty Dancing, and then last episode, Back to the Future 2 and 3. Beautiful summary. Um, yeah. Good luck inserting sound bites in amongst all those. Oh no, I'm not bothered. <laughs> Do not waste everybody's time. No. <laughs> um, but yes, this is a perfect chance to, to revisit all of those. Yeah. Like, we watched Top Gun quite a long time ago now. I think with this episode coming out, it will be pretty much exactly 12 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's great to kind of go back and go, gosh, that was actually a while ago and, and, and sort of recap and... Like, my, my thoughts regarding some films or desire to rewatch and things like that has evolved with that time, so... Mm. Well, I guess that's a kind of... A good jumping-off point would be, out of this lot of 24 films, was there any that... What would be the one that you considered probably the best film that you saw? Uh, best. That's a difficult definition we're going on. All right. Um, uh, a favourite? Favourite. Favourite, favourite. Um, let's be honest, Die Hard was very, very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just... It, like, I've kind of noted a couple here that were just extremely good and very enjoyable. Um, Die Hard and True Lies. Yeah. So rewatchable. Um, would have lo- really enjoyed them as a kid and and then evolved that enjoyment as an adult to different levels of enjoyment. You kind of get the added nostalgia element of like, Nostal- oh, I loved this. And how well and- it's put together and just how iconic the villains are and things like that. For all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean. And since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. And a bit of a special mention probably to Rocky. I think yeah um, a very very good film that's and I think Rocky was one that you weren't necessarily expecting no that. I was just expecting it to be an action film not a drama yeah not a like drama, a relationship <laughs> drama between two people that are like not quite not outcast but not quite yeah <laughs> two oddballs shall we say yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well I guess yeah that, that's it's an interesting point of like we've actually you know, we had one Best Picture winner in this list so far. Mm. A couple of others, you know, nominated like E.T. Yep. and yep. Close Encounters and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, 
quantifying that as best film, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Is yeah, pretty no, tricky, I mean, there's some so. very, very good ones in there. Mm. But, um, I mean, I, I mentioned Rocky being a bit of a surprise. Was that the biggest surprise you had for this whole season? Uh, I would actually say the biggest surprise was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. In what sense? It was really awesome. Okay. <laughs> and um, you just weren't expecting that? I, I, was, I was going into it just sort of more intrigued by how they did it because I knew that, like, the technological and the execution was really good, but I just didn't expect it to be so entertaining and so well done. Yeah. Um, uh, like, the performances were good. That the, the way it was done with the interactions with the animations were fantastic. Even the way Roger was balanced <coughs> not to be totally annoying. Like we yep. spoke about that in the episode, like he's, they just balance him very, very nicely. He's a, he, yeah, he, he's lovable, but never borders into that no, kind of frustrating. Exactly. So I, I was, I don't know, maybe I was expecting him to be more overexposed and more irritating and to be much more slapsticky, but it was a bit more Jar Jar Binksy. Yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was the big surprise. It just very much exceeded my expectations. Rocky exceeded more just. I don't know. It was just more just because I didn't expect that to be so um, more serious than, than what I was expecting. Um, Which I think, like, I think we talked about it in the episode where that I think people's ideas of what Rocky is was tainted by the, the sequ- countless sequels yeah. with, you know, Pauline his robot. Please make a wish. It's creepy. That talks, that thing. Creepy. This is the greatest. I wish I had one of these when I was growing up. Come on, make a wish, like he says. I wish I wasn't in this nightmare. <laughs> like the ridiculous where, where that ended up going versus what it where it started. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like if you look at a lot of franchises. You look at Saw. The first movie is a low budget, very cleverly constructed film mm. that turned out a whole genre of cheap sl- torture porn films, basically. On that note, should we talk about Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad little segue there. Yeah, um, exactly. Like Friday the Thirteenth is like. We spoke about that sort of spin-off from Halloween, really. Yeah. It's like, that worked. Let's do our own version. Yeah, um, and it's... And spun a lot of sequels. Yeah, very and that, profitable one, sequels. It's one for me, like, re-watching them for the show as well, obviously. That did not hold up for me. Oh, God, this place. Steve should never have opened this place again. There's been too much trouble here. No, I guess for me, yeah, it was quite... Good to go in and see and go, actually, this is much more low-key than I was expecting. I didn't expect anything mind-boggling. Yeah. But I don't know. This is just a very much a, a low-budget, let's kill a bunch of teenagers with a faceless villain yeah. kind of thing. I, 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 it was very very Evil Daddy in a way, but without like the really awesome practical Without effects. like being direct, <laughs> written and directed by Sam Raimi. Yes. It was an amazing Just, just written and directed by some other guys. Yeah. Um... <laughs> um Jumping back to the kind of the the surprise ones that you mm. you enjoyed and you weren't expecting, were there ones that you uh, you thought you were going to enjoy but you didn't? The kind of inverse, yeah. I guess. Um, weird science, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I didn't enjoy it. Like I would still recommend everybody watch that film <laughs> just for the sheer <laughs> wow. What, what the hell? <laughs> I called every night for like a month. I mean, I'm talking devotion, man. Every damn night. Every night, Mitch. I ain't playing with you. On the telephone? What boy talking about on the telephone, man? Explain it what to him. What the hell? we know there's a telephone, boy. What the hell thing <laughs> I doing? Uh, yeah, so I'm very glad I've watched it. And part of me wouldn't mind re-watching it, just... But also, it, it did make me feel pretty uncomfortable at times. <laughs> boy, what the hell thing I doing? <laughs> it, that, it would be a good one to put on at, like... 
if you've got a group of friends sitting around having some drinks or something. It'd like, be perfect for that because yeah. you could just have a great laugh during it. Yeah. Um, You're kind of laughing at the film rather yeah. than with it, I guess. So it, it kind of, I, I guess more I went in with my, oh, John Hughes is meant to be really deep and incredible. And then I came out like, wow, that was superficial. <laughs> and, yeah. But also really well executed in that wacky, crazy kind of way. So it, it more just sort of uh, let me down, so to speak, in that regard. Mm. Um and then, like I'd said when I watched the Blues Brothers, I hadn't enjoyed my previous attempts. And it's a funny one. I still wouldn't say I... The, the first... It's just kind of, to me, like two different films glued together. Yeah. And um, I, I enjoyed elements of the first part, and then I loved elements of the second half. And you just want it kind of whittled down into like this perfect hour and a half versus yeah, into, two and a quarter. Like yeah, I think for me particularly having not grown up on it, perhaps, so yep. I don't get the nostalgia because there's some wonderful moments in that movie. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I think you, you, you just have a bit of an aversion to, like, Dan Aykroyd-written things if you didn't grow right, up on maybe them. Maybe by like, mistake, yeah. Because like, I know you're not the biggest fan of Ghostbusters. I used well. to love Ghostbusters oh, as a okay. kid. And then I re-watched the first Ghostbusters um, uh, late last year, and it's... Oh, Bill Murray's a sexual predator. That's the bedroom, but nothing ever happened in there. What a crime. <laughs> and I didn't really realise that so much, and I was just watching some of it and just going, ooh, I'm quite uncomfortable all of a sudden. Mm. I didn't, I, I knew that he was always a creep, but he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's very creepy. Oh. Uh, so there's just some elements that, that um, a lot of it's still very cool. I love, like, the music and the, the, the design and... A lot of it's really good, but the comedy actually didn't... Like, everyone talks about, particularly after the remake, and I haven't watched the remake and have no intention to. So I'm not defending it at all, anyone who ever wants to jump in that corner. Um, (laughs) That's something different. But um, the argument a lot of people would use is the comedy in the first one was perfect. I'm like, no, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's some good comedy, but it's not as though you walk out of that film going so tightly written that is just a mind-blowing film like no no that's just a really I, unique I think in film. terms of a script and a story it's very tightly written I just yes. think in terms of the there's some jokes that have not aged well maybe yeah <laughs> and like it's more about the way the characters are and things like that mm. like um, um, Egon or whatever his name is and yeah like, yeah, yeah, like yeah Harold Ramis's character yeah character and just his just his nature he executes it beautifully and Bill Murray like they're all very consistent but mm. uh, re-watching that was uh, I was like oh that's an interesting one like actually looking at the list of what we have done this season so far we've got no real Bill Murray films I've seen a few of them I think that's part not all of them obviously no, no, yeah. but um, like I have actually seen Groundhog Day and I have seen um, uh, the golf one Caddyshack that's the one thank you <laughs> no, with the gopher yeah you know that one with Rodney Dangerfield um <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had this it's not as though for him I guess I didn't go I need to see more Bill Murray yeah I definitely do but I didn't identify a big gap like I did with um, uh, it, no not Jim Carrey but like a couple of others I just felt like I'd seriously just missed like Arnie like missed a yeah. lot of key Arnie ones so. and the other one I think is uh, Tom Cruise as well I think there might be a few that have a lot of, of those early ones um the, the, those kind of very stereotypical and like when you think about 80s and a 90s movie star the, the, the names that come to my mind yes the birth of Tom Cruise the superstar yeah um, yeah I watched from like Mission Impossible onwards yeah so, um, so you missed out on you know the, the risky business and like the Top Gun which is why we started yes exactly yep hmm. so um, but yes Blues Brothers just um, so many bits of it are good um, like, like some of those musical moments are just incredible oh yeah like there's, there's yeah 
amazing. <laughs> it's got some incredible spots, but uh, just as a whole, I just, yeah. Flipping that previous question, was there any film that you <laughs> thought you were going to hate, but you ended up loving? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, not, not loving might be a bit harsh, but like enjoying, I guess. I, I think a, a very good example probably is uh, is Dirty Dancing. Mm. Um I went in very open-minded, but like I said when we watched it, I I went in expecting it to be... uh, I was expecting romance, but like I said, I'm like, surely there's got to be more to it. And there was so much more to it. I I will heavily advocate that as a good film. Mm. I'm I'm wondering if you were like... Not saying that there's anything wrong with this type of film, but you were, were you possibly expecting like a very dated kind of chick flick? Yes. I think that's probably the simplest way to put it. That's the impression I'd always gained from like popular culture yeah. because of the quotes that are taken from that film nobody puts baby in a corner uh, let's say the family friendly parts of that film yes <laughs> yes <laughs> um but so the actual film itself like i was hoping for had a lot of depth and a lot more to it than i would have expected so yeah. um i yeah that was um that was one that definitely exceeded um what i was expecting from it I will go back a little bit. A movie that did sort of let me down a little bit was the Muppet movie. Oh. And that's more just <laughs> because you'd built it up so much. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I learned, because that was a fairly early on one for us, and I just, like, the, the movie's so, like, big for me, and I, I love it so much that I think I let, I love it see through. So, like, I think from that point on, I was like, no, I'm going to try and mask my thoughts <laughs> so I don't get, like, build up your hopes and you'll be sitting there being like, this is a movie for, for five-year-olds. Why do you as a 32-year-old man still love this? But that's the benefit of nostalgia and watching yeah. things as a kid, isn't it? Um, uh, in saying that, like, I musically, and we'll probably get onto that more, that some of those songs I, I li- have listened to quite a bit on Spotify since seeing that. <laughs> yeah. um, so... Uh, They've crept into my life, and I'm very happy mm. <laughs> about that. So, do you reckon that might have been one, like, if you, out looking at the list, like, had seen as a kid, you would enjoy yes. and, like, follow through versus, yes. yeah. Yep, and it's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but I think I was going and expecting an absolute masterpiece, yep. and it was just pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if I'd gone in as a kid, I would have really enjoyed The puppets it. are talking! Yeah. <laughs> They're singing. The pig and the frog are in love! He's riding a bicycle. <laughs> Um, so is there any that you think would have been like the go-to one as a kid like that Mm. would have been like the the penultimate like greatest movie I've ever seen (laughs) like kind of yeah I reckon that's it I think um like 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 the the thing that's coming to mind is like when I was probably like seven or eight and I saw Die Hard for the first time I was like this is the greatest thing ever (laughs) (laughs) I think um yeah I think Die Hard and True Lies would have been very, very big. Yeah. Um, I think I think Top Gun mm-hmm. I would have loved as a kid. And then as an, as an adult, I would have maybe gone, this is, this is pretty damn cheesy. Yeah, you you <laughs> would have embraced kid, the cheese. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, like, it is a lot of, like, there's a lot of just fun to it. You kind of maybe don't realise a lot of films just talking. <laughs> yeah, it's so much. It's so But there's, there's enough planes in it and sweet, like, reuse of the same song and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's simplistic. <laughs> it's simple, exactly. And so I think I would have loved that. Um Dumb and Dumber, I probably would have enjoyed a lot okay. as a as a comedy, like pretty dumb, of course. And I think the Back to the Future trilogy um, yep. would have just been wonderful to to grow up on. Yeah. So those are probably a few really big ones, and you know, one that I I didn't like as much, but I think I would have loved as a kid was Speed. 
Okay. Because it doesn't it doesn't stop. Yeah, it's just it is a no holds body yeah, action adventure. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that's one where, compared to some of the other good action films we watched, Speed sat a little lower for me. Um, I think as a kid, it, it's a little simpler in a way. Like the nuances of some of the others, um, uh, uh, like the, the, the comedy elements to to True Lies, maybe wouldn't have like little offhand lines and things like that, and the the, the subtleties like Jamie Lee Curtis's character and things like that. Couldn't care less about it. Yeah, you would have more embraced the the like action that elements of the film versus the actual emotional core and the yeah, comedy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of like comparison there. Um, and Close Encounters would have been a fantastic, fan- interesting one. Would I have loved that as a kid? That's a see. That's a really interesting one because I because you you did. I loved it as a kid, and but like. That's with the caveat of I was a really weird kid. <laughs> so well, I definitely wasn't normal. And like you know, <laughs> was raised in like you know, my mom's a mega sci-fi fan. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Um, and I, I think I just get swept up in the spectacle of it when I was a kid versus the actual emotional core of like you know what that film's about. I guess, but yeah, yeah. Well, in saying that, I know that something we we're going to chat about was um, what would I rewatch. Yes. What would I really... I would love to re-watch Close Encounters. Okay. Because when we watched it, I guess it was very different to what I was expecting. Now yeah. I know what it's all about. I think I could go in just... And really, like, it's it's just a journey. It's a, it's it's Spielberg going, what if aliens? Yeah. And it's... Weirdly saying that, it's not very Spielbergian in what not in we the, kind of commonly know. Not in the E.T. Jaws kind of way. Jurassic Park. Like, you know, it's, not, it's, not, it's just not the big spectacle until, I guess, the finale. And that finale is awesome. If everything's ready here on the dark side of the moon, play the pipe tones. But until you get to that point, barring, like, one or two smaller set pieces, yeah. it's really a very small insular emotional story of a man slowly yeah. going insane and, and part of the problem was watching it is I, I I know I knew the final setting for the film I, I mm. knew the conclusion so like half of him just building Devil's Tower was like I'm I already knew where they were going yeah um, whereas now I'm like okay cool I've seen the whole thing I can just appreciate the journey now yeah so that is one I would love to re-watch because okay. I, I probably didn't uh, appreciate it enough watching it the first time because it sort of threw me a little bit, I guess, in a way. Mm. Um, it wasn't... It was a sort of a strange kind of structure in a way. If it's not something that you're used to as well or expecting, you're kind of spending the whole film being like, oh, I didn't think this was... Yeah. You're kind of trying to acclimatise to it versus yeah. just enjoying it for what it yeah, is. Yeah, which is the, the weird thing about sometimes revisiting some of these old films and you have expectations mm. uh, rather than just going to the cinema and seeing a new film. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we were just talking about how awesome the finale of Causing Cans is. Mm. Is that the most memorable moment of one of the films we've done? Or it's definitely up there. Um, is, there is there something that kind of jumps out to you as like just this iconic, memorable scene? Um, that, is a, that is a very, very powerful one. Um... Like, there's some classic scenes of, um, you know, E.T., the boy cycling in front of the moon and things like that. Yeah, I was getting, like, the taking flight. But I, yeah. I guess I already knew that one, and um, even though I hadn't seen that much, like, the, the Close Encounters one was extremely strong. Um, the the final musical numbers of um, Blues Brothers. One, two, one, two, three, four. Okay, Like, yeah. a, um, shake your tail feather and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just... 
Like that, what's, is that the song they sing in the, the final hall with all the cops standing around? No, that's, um, uh, That's the other one, um, Everybody. Everybody needs yeah. somebody to love. That, like that scene, and that sort of scene, yeah. is just what I, that was brilliant. <clears throat> and that's the sort of stuff that Blues Brother, like, this is what I, what, I can see why people love it so much, because that scene's brilliant. Um, and then, um, those are probably a couple of the, the, the strongest ones, I think, um, in, in, in terms, terms of individual like, sort of moments. Yeah, whereas um, like Die Hard is just like, start to finish. Like, oh. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yes. It just keeps on going. Yeah. So, yeah, those are probably the standout couple of, if I had to pick, I could pick a lot of moments, but yeah. uh, let's keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like speaking of Blues Brothers and like the great music, is that probably the best like soundtrack for any of the films? Yeah, I think um, in terms of soundtracks, I've probably got two favourites. Uh, Blues Brothers, yeah. That just just because the soundtrack is incorporated into moments. Yeah. And that's what's that's so strong. And you've got, you know, your guest performances like Cat Calloway, Aretha Franklin, like yeah. all these great moments. Ray Charles. Yes. Like, yeah. just And there's just so many really good ones. And that's the whole point of the film and it's done really, those are done really, really well. Mm. Uh, and my other, in terms of um, soundtrack, uh, the Muppet movie. Yep, the Paul Williams music. Yep, uh, and, and just even um, uh, you know um, road road tripping. What's the road tripping song? Oh, moving right along. Moving right along. Yeah, and um, and the song by um, the band um, Doctor Teeth and the Electric Man. Yeah, yeah, like just some of those are just they're such good songs. Mm. I love those. And the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack uh, and score and stuff. I really love, but. Probably my favourite actual score is probably Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that's... Across all movies, that's yeah. my favourite yeah. cinematic score. So. so it's kind of like soundtrack and score, of course. And um, yeah. yeah, Blues Brothers soundtrack and, and the ex- the way it's part of the film is just... Yeah. yeah. Just beautifully done. Nice. Um, just, yeah. Well, was there a favourite performance? I, I know that's kind of really hard to pinpoint yeah. given you know it's it's such a wide variety of films as well I, I have noted down a few things actually in advance because that's a little bit tricky in a way some real some I loved Bob Hoskins in Who, Who Framed Roger Rabbit yep I just thought he He's... acted opposite a stick really well <laughs> a tennis ball on a yeah. stick really well like, and like with emotional yeah like ah oh, yeah he was, he was really into it um Jennifer Grey in, in Dirty Dancing okay I thought just like I was expecting it to be pretty damn boring, mm. just just because she's just quite a petite, quiet character, but just surprisingly strong. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then some other fantastic like performances. Um, pretty much the entire cast of True Lies. Yeah. Like I've actually, in order of, of favorite, I've kind of listed like in a little bit of an order uh, to as to how good they were. Um, and funnily enough, out of like the top three or four like Arnie came last and he was oh great. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think it's Arnie's strongest performance probably yeah. but like but like Tom Sizemore uh, no Tom, Tom Arnold Tom Arnold sorry not Sizemore Tom Arnold was just... oh imagine if this movie had Tom Sizemore <laughs> yes, I don't know why it does. Uh, Tom Arnold was brilliant in it um, Jamie Lee Curtis was fantastic oh yeah Bill Paxton yes oh hey Carlos the game's over your career as an international terrorist has been well documented. No. Oh yeah! No, no, oh yeah! No, no, no! I, I sell cars. That's all. Come on! I'm not a terrorist. I'm actually a complete coward. If I ever saw a gun, I'd oh god! Oh 
please don't, 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 don't kill me. <laughs> just fantastic. And then, um, yeah, and then, um, and then also that leads like Bill Paxton in weird science. It's just amazing. Yeah, well, Paxton, you, you kind of a joke that Paxton was your revelation. Yeah, <laughs> like, wow, that guy has passion. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, um, as, as we've mentioned, John Candy pops up a lot. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Yeah, like a Paxton and Candy, and I think Swayze to a lesser degree yeah. with the kind of, hey, these guys are cool. <laughs> yeah, and like I reckon uh, John Candy and the Blues Brothers. Mm. Um, and actually, Home Alone is pretty hilarious going on about his poker, poker, poker. <laughs> Just like listing poker <laughs> titles for the longest time. Yeah, but um, I guess the other, the expected one was Alan Rickman. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. In Die Hard, just so first good. First film role as well, yeah. like to just hit the ground running. <laughs> and then the, the real revelation that Sylvester Stallone can actually act. Yeah, not just act, but like write and act. Write and well. act. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, that I, <laughs> that I think is just jaw-dropping to everyone. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's why you became a movie star was yeah. because you... Actually... Yeah, he was like considered like in the league of De Niro and Pacino and stuff with Rocky, like when that first came out in the mid 70s. Yeah, and then he just squandered it, (laughs) he chose money and just became greedy and lazy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that. Those are some um, very impressive performances. Um, that I, I would throw at Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop as well. Yeah, that's true. That was that was a lot of fun actually. He carried himself really well throughout the whole film and just it's like a it's tough and funny and a, yeah, a good combo of everything. Yeah, like I mean, he was obviously a really well known stand up comedian and like had become a star on Saturday Night Live. Mm. But I think Beverly Hills Cop is like the film that made him a movie star yes. and like actually yeah. pushed him through. And I guess I've got to give a little extra special nod to um, Val Kilmer's bite <laughs> in Top Gun. Yep. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. Hey, Iceman. Iceman. He, he's coming back for the sequel. Oh, good on him. You, you know they're, they're just about to start shooting? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. Well, that's like it, the insanity of, like, since we've started recording oh, no. this show. So many of these being reborn. Okay, there is a Top Gun 2 that yep. starts shooting in, like, a month. Great. Uh, with Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer back. Uh, they cast John Hamm in a role re- like a of week ago. Of course they did. Ago. What do you reckon, Air Force Colonel? Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, it's being directed by the guy who made Tron Legacy, so we'll, we'll see what that's... Oh, okay, so it could be like. anything. Yeah. Um, what else? Die Hard 6 got announced. Like, it's cool. being named and it's it's going to be a, a like flashback prequel about John McClane's origins. And we're like, we know his origins. He was just a New York cop. We don't need to know, goddammit. Now we can understand his relationship with his wife. And it's going to be gritty, and it's called McLean. And is Bruce Willis putting on a lot of makeup, or are they casting... Um, It'll be like Bruce Willis be like, oh, did I ever tell you the time fade to flashback? Fade, and then in comes Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> Probably. In a lot of makeup. Yeah. <laughs> what else was there? There was, um... Oh, yeah, Bill and Ted's Bill 3 and Ted's, has yeah. been announced as well. Um... There's just so much that keeps happening. <laughs> oh yeah, Dark Crystal 2, uh, we didn't even talk about on... I'm sorry, what? Yeah, the ne- Netflix are doing a, a series, actually. Really? A limited run series. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> wow, okay. It's good. So there's some stuff to look forward to. So if there's anything you want to remake or a sequel of, we need to put it into the hat for next round. Well, I've so. remade Hook a couple of times, so... Uh, <laughs> Not yeah, one I'll leave that. that one alone. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, though, like, is... In your mind, are there any kind of common factors that kind of jump out across any of the films? Uh, I think... One of the, the, besides Bill Paxton and John Candy. Yeah. We, we did choose... I, I guess I... Um, Listed a lot, a lot of horror. Sorry, not horror. Action movies. Yeah. Um, and I think like once we actually break down the genres, it gets a bit. Maybe some others catch up, but so there's a lot of like serious like teen boy action movies or younger male action films, sort of those ones that you know everyone else watched, but I, you know, I missed a lot of them. And, mm. I, and I think that's just obviously with us being two guys. It's just, yes, you exactly. know where where the first lot kind of. Yep, leaned I guess, but um, we before we pressed record, we went through and we kind of categorized mm. with the help of IMDb because some of these are hard to categorize. Yeah, and we, we didn't even try and like some of these are like double or triple genre. Yeah, we didn't, oh, absolutely too complicated. Like, what's so. ET? Is that a drama? Is it a sci-fi? Please tweet us. Like, yeah, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> um, so the, the tally ended up being about six action movies. Yep, which we kind of action adventure, I guess. I think we were pretty specific to action in the end, actually. We sort of mm, threw the adventure really, into other, yeah. other areas. Uh, eight, eight comedies, because that was us lumping Back to the Future in the kind yeah, of we, comedy. Yeah, that, that just fell into comedy for us, because yeah. otherwise you end up with too many genres. Yeah. Uh, one fantasy slash sci-fi. Yep. Seven family films, which yep. I think is a good amount of that genre to have based on you know yeah, it's being like the films you alone and Mulan and yeah it's it's the films you missed as a kid so you want a yes. hefty dose of of those family friends yeah, go to mum and dad and go come on yeah <laughs> uh, one romance one drama and one horror yeah so out of those kind of blanket ones is, are there any that you're hoping to bump up next next season um, are you hoping for more romance more horror um I think I think we're making a little bit of an effort probably to throw in lean a bit more towards the, the broader like the almost those sort of romance drama kind of ones mm-hmm. um, so just like hit hit some of the action ones on the head very nicely here so yeah. we, we'll drop those numbers a little bit and try and lean into ones that yeah not not make a teen boy only kind of thing yeah kind um, of even out the, the genders a little bit yeah because like I mean we threw Dirty Dancing in for a reason we threw Milan in for a reason yeah um, so more more a bit like that, I guess, mm. um, and um, and keep keep the family ones nice and high. We want more dirty dancing, less point break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we won't ditch action altogether. No, no. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, in terms of some common factors, mm. uh, I ended up uh, writing down a little bit of a list of uh, how many times some people and uh, yes, some common things appear. Great. Um. So th- there are some pretty obvious ones, mm-hmm. like you know we had the two Swayze films with uh, Dirty Dancing and Point Break. Yep. Uh, two Jeff Daniels performances with Speed and Dumb and Dumber. Yep, very like for like films. And uh, we've obviously talked about our uh, Paxton. Yep. Uh, but how many John Candy appearances do you reckon we I had? We had four. It was three. It was only three. It was, it was only three. Uh, so we had him in um, Blues Brothers, Home Alone, and. Um, is he in the Muppet movie or something? No, he's in a vacation. He's the security oh, guard right. at Wally World. That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, just feel like we spoke about him a lot. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, I was surprised. Oh, he's in at least two, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, he's in Milan as well. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a kind of a bit of a slam on that film. It was 
or I guess Eddie Murphy to some degree, being yeah. like, yeah, I didn't remember. But yeah, oh, that's right, you were the sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, three three Keanu as well. Yeah, there were a few Keanu's. Nice. Yep. But but the one I was intrigued by, uh, how many Spielberg films do you reckon we did? Or films that Spielberg was involved with. Oh, involved. God. All right, you made it hard now. Uh, well, he definitely did three. He did E.T., Hook, and Close Encounters. Those are the directed ones. Yep. And then production-wise, uh, Back to the Futures, he was involved in producing those, wasn't he? Yep. So there's another couple. Um, so that, that brings us up to five. There more, were there? Yep. Oh, jeez. That guy's everywhere. Um, what else could he be involved with? He was a producer. Roger Rabbit? He was a producer yeah. of Roger Rabbit. Yeah, Zemeckis. So yep, and there's... Is there one more? There's one more there. He was in. He was involved in seven films that we did. Final Line? No. Dark Crystal? No. No, no idea. He plays the guy, what? the clerk at the Cook County office in Blues Brothers, who's out to lunch. He's <laughs> at, he acts in one film. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so <laughs> yep, great. He, Spielberg was the winner for this season, <laughs> most appearances, which isn't surprising, really. Yeah, uh, he's a classic director producer of our mm. our age, and uh, you know we had we had two going to like the classic like eighties nineties films. Uh, yep. we, we had two Jerry Bruckheimer Don Simpson films. Yes, as well. yeah, uh, Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the. But based on the the showing that Spielberg had, I think he's going to be a little bit absent in the next. Yeah, or at least not so prevalent in the and next. And I have time. seen a decent number of key key Spielbergs. These were just catching up with some of those other really iconic ones. And obviously, he's a big producer of some massive films. That's I think from now on, where he's going to appear will be you know production more than Steven Spielberg presents. Yes, everything. This film, yeah. <laughs> but um. This is probably a good point then, I guess, to wrap up the discussion about season one. Mm-hmm. How, how are you feeling after? <laughs> Great. No, no, it's been really, really, really good to actually um, to actually finally sit down and watch these, um, and even ones that like it's it's very interesting to just sort of reflect on them immediately afterwards, and then even like a couple of weeks or a month later, just think like for example with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, like I, I would really love to rewatch that because I know I, I just kind of didn't go with the right mindset. Mm. Um, I'm still very intrigued to rewatch um, the Blues Brothers and give it another crack because there were elements of that I absolutely loved. So now that I've got that, maybe the whole package will come together for me. Um, so that's that's a big deal. So being able to go and finally actually see all these and and even just just see some of these. Um, fantastic like 80s 90s actors and directors who i just missed mm. um and like, like bill paxton and and, um, and jennifer gray these these actors and actresses who i just have never really been exposed to that much you're getting these revelations yeah, yeah it's really nice to actually finally be able to put like performances to names and faces that mm. i've never really seen much of before so that's a real bonus like, oh finally i can really see. and oh, understanding a few more pop culture references is nice too yeah fair <laughs> yeah I can understand that um, and, and Rick and Morty makes so much more sense after seeing more of the rest of the Back to the Futures as yeah. well <laughs> and that's the way the news goes oh uh, is there anything you're majorly expecting from season two or of the uh the type of films that we're going to be pulling out of Well, that. I think we've, we've chosen to throw in a few cheesier ones like a few yep. ones that have a reputation some <laughs> One, I can definitely think of to my mind of it being notoriously underwhelming based on its budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so a few like that. And then there's a few of like um, uh, relatively American films that I guess I, I kind of missed, like um, 
like we've got some family one or two in there that I, I won't know a lot about but I sort of learnt more about through um, pop culture and shows like Community and things like that I'm like what on earth reference is that yeah uh, and then I'm like oh it's that film I know the poster and <laughs> that's about it yeah um, so it'd be nice to finally sort of get exposed to a few more of those sorts of things and do we want to reveal any of the ones on the list I reckon, yeah I guess so the, for example I guess we can have a little bit of a, a hint towards a few that people have got to look forward to so the um the big budget one, uh, Waterworld. I've never seen Waterworld. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to see not only a big budget flop, I guess, is, is what I understand. It's a notorious <laughs> one. A notorious one. Um, and I get to see Kevin Costner act. Mm. <laughs> I know how you yeah. feel about Kevin. Um, <laughs> even though you love JFK. I, JFK is one of my favourite films ever, but... It's not because of Kevin Costner. <laughs> I was, like, a w- couple of weeks ago, I was sitting down and... Yeah, I think I was there. We were talking about Kevin. Well, yeah. Well, I'd recently shown my wife Bull Durham. She'd never seen him. And I was mm. like, oh, that's such a great movie. Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon, Kevin Costner, baseball. Like, let's do it. Yep. And we got about 20 minutes into the film and Claire's just like, he, he is god-awful. Like, just could not get past... <laughs> How stiff and wooden and horrible an actor Kevin Costner actually so is. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, like, cause Especially when he's contrasted against, like, oh, yes. amazing actors. You're just like, what's wrong with you? Again, that baby gets put in a corner. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, like, the, the, so the, the family one I was hinting at will be um, an American tale. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. going to do the double feature of American Tale and Five All Goes West. Yep. So, so that'll be, um, you know, that I, I know very little about it except the poster. And probably, I think, as a kid, I, I wanted to see that film, but just never never did. And yeah. then, of course, when I've seen it referenced, I haven't really got it. No. Um, there'll be it's at least... There's a couple more horrors to catch up on. Yeah, I think we've got uh, the Blair Witch Project, which yeah. is an interesting one of, like... Just... And especially because that was getting uh, into almost teen years for yeah, us, well, and that yeah, was I... such a huge cultural film. Exactly. It's just such a shift in all sorts of stuff, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. Yeah, yeah. We, we've thrown a few more horrors in there, just because I think they're, they're fun to sit down and discuss. Yep. Um, and then... Um... Yeah, and then we've got uh, the the number one film of I think was it nineteen ninety Ghost. Oh yes! Oh my God, you're remembering <laughs> yeah. some figures have been dropping throughout this. I just remember Ghost got mentioned a few times, and that was when we we were pondering putting in season one. Yeah, and we chose Dirty Dancing instead. Well, we we already had two Swayzes. I think that's why we kind of nestled him off. <laughs> I to think the that side. might have been it. But, um, yeah. So then, and, but we're not forgetting the action. So we're going to have Rambo First Blood will be in there. Yeah, um, yeah, and then a couple of, and then we've got the uh, double header. I'm really pumped for. Um, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> and um, and then the wonder that is uh, the teen boy hit Showgirls. Yeah, that episode will be floating the, the in there. Film that awoke a lot of young men. <laughs> uh, the, the Paul Verhoeven. What the hell am I watching? Thing. The Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, that guy's got so many good things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just just wait till you see what he does with this. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, does he make some political statements? No. no. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, you only know Paul Verhoeven as a good filmmaker, <laughs> which he is. He's an amazing filmmaker, but this is he had a couple of missteps there for yeah. a while. So that was a classic, like... Every- On that so- note, have you ever seen Hollow Man? Yes, I have with Bacon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess naked again from yeah. memory. <laughs> oh, like, the Six Degrees of Bacon. We only had one Kevin Bacon yeah. appearance this season, yeah. so... Yeah, Bacon. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I think he might pop up in one or two. In yeah, two, so, so we'll earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're not really going to change much in terms of format for next season. We're going to, um, you know, continue doing the little brief intro, the five minutes, what Eric's thinking, expecting before, and then we jump into the film. Yep. 
Um, there is going to be one change though. There is. We've just thrown in. So we've got all the all the we've got the tw- twenty three films in the hat mm-hmm. at, by by name, and then we've got one extra in there, and it's it's called the Chris Wild card. Yeah, and it's tapping into Chris's so called uh, self styled weirdness. Yeah, weird childhood. Chris is. It'll be a mystery episode for me. Yep. And uh, it'll be Chris is going to throw out a curveball, a film he grew up on and believes it. I really need to see, but also acknowledges it's probably a little bit odd. Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pulling out uh, the bottom of the barrel direct here for this one. <laughs> so the, the stuff that it would like I would normally have to fight to get in the hat. Yeah, I'm like and they're films I'm, I they're, this is in there for a reason. These sorts of films need to be watched. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's a way to sneak one into each season, so to speak, and. Hmm. Um, who knows, it might become so good we just keep throwing more <laughs> yeah, we'll, up the ante. We'll, we'll see how But there's just still a lot of important films to watch as well. So, exactly. Um, we couldn't go all Chris Kerbals. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty tempting. Oh, God, that would be the weirdest podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be a very different podcast. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many times we could watch like Mac and Me or Howard the Duck and get away with it. <laughs> the Duck, yeah. I do want to see that. <laughs> um, I guess the other big change is uh, I'm going to change the theme song oh, as well yes. for, for the season. I figured... You know, we've we've had twenty five episodes now using the CBS Fox logo. <laughs> so I'm going to mix it up for next season and um, put in another classic VHS chip tune for you all. Yep. So get excited, get those nostalgic lands yeah. pumping. Uh, as I said, the previous uh, this season's one was the CBS Fox one. So uh, let's see if you can guess what the next one will be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let us know if you've picked it. I don't think I'll be able to, but mm. uh, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. But um, otherwise, I suppose the only other big announcement is uh, that we are now available on Stitcher Radio, uh, which is a pretty cool thing. Mm. Uh, so in addition to being able to find us on iTunes and all the podcast apps, we, you can now find us on Stitcher. And um, I guess that now would be the time where I'll do the obligatory, like, please feel free to rate and review us. It actually does help. Uh, mm. So we'd really appreciate that if you, you know, take a spare minute or two. Yeah, then, that would be great. Yeah. But um, otherwise, I guess... We've got the hat. For all we know, I'm just going to pull the Chris Wild card straight out first go. Oh, this is totally random, everybody. Yeah. All right. Season two is going to get off to a bang with... Can't Hardly Wait. Ooh, okay. All right. So, um, 90s teen film that I really should have seen along the way and uh, totally didn't. Uh, um, this is a big one for me, so uh, yeah, I, I love um, this film, so let's... Uh, Let's get excited. Yep. So uh, I guess I'd tune in uh, in a fortnight's time when we kick off season two with Can't Hardly Wait. Other than that, you can send us an email at youhaven'tseenpod at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at CriterionQuest, which is a shameless plug for my other podcast. Uh, otherwise, uh, like I said earlier, please listen, uh, subscribe on either Stitcher or iTunes or your favorite podcast app, rate and review us, all that jazz. Uh, but for this uh, wrap up on season one, I'm Chris. I'm Eric. Can't wait to see you next season. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.